Kostlong, A New Translation by David Alexander The bane of giants brought fear, reads the cave fire circle, to the grave mound of Baugi the Griotan. The game of iron played, the son of earth thundered, wrath swelled in Meli's brother as he traveled the moonway. The one Uller came to from a previous marriage set the ground trembling, erupting aflame. Then came the he-goats from the heavens and drove the fine chariot to the encounter with Harungnir. Suddenly, Svolnir's woman broke apart. Baldur's brother deposed, the greedy enemy of men. The mountains shook, rocks burst, the heavens burned. I heard that the dark bone striker nearly recoiled when he saw the warlike visage of his killer. The wagon swerved. From on high, the bonds caused this. The guardian spirits wanted it so. The battle pale rim guards from hard blows and wounds the soul of the feet. It was not long until the lava warrior, his troll snout, did not have to wait long to meet the rune of frequent beatings. The life-spoiler was felled, the bale troops bellowed from the abyss below. A shield-shaped island made for a dreadful dueling ring. There he kneeled down, beguiled to the battleground, before the hard hammer, the Burg of Danes, battered, brought the rock-breaker to a great end. And the hard-breaker harmed Vignir's fated home council. The whetstone whizzed. The hone hit into the heart of Ground's son's soul mound, so that it could not be unloosened from Odin Boy's brain house. The stone stayed stuck, stood the lone driver, sprinkled with blood. Before he fell dead, he gained assistance from the wise Ale Gefune. She aided the red tear's wound, red rust bane, that makes it gleam like gold, she removed. It looked engorged to me. Blood flowed. So reads the goat guard, the father's bracer, that I gained, that moving cliff, from Fjordleaf. House Long, which means Autumn Long, is a skaldic poem by Theodolf Hevinier, approximately the year 880 AD, and it was preserved in Snorri's Prose Edda. In translating the poem, I was working from Anthony Falk's translation of the Prose Edda, um, there's a link in the show notes to a website where I saw both the Old Norse version next to uh, this uh, section from within Snorri's Prose Edda. And with further research, I found an online version of a PDF of Fox, the entire uh, Snorra Edda, which you can read online, and that House Long is on page 80. As I was trying to find out a little more about this um, edition, I just saw an online review for a Fox Everyman Press edition, which reads, This is Anthony Fox's acclaimed translation of what is now more commonly and specifically known as the Prose Edda. This translation has some features going for it from the outset that other English language translations of the Prose Edda do not. It includes the books Skaldskapermal and Hatatal, which most translations lack. For example, the most recent major translation of the Prose Edda that is Jesse Biak's translation, features a butchered and very simplified version of these two books. These two books are immensely important for the ancient skaldic lays, kennings, 
and the lists they contain. And as one interested in these subjects, you cannot do without them. Um, so there's sort of some uh, for and against of Anthony Fox versions and a little bit of a burn against uh, Jesse Biak's translation, which I think is uh, Sean's preferred translation. Um, as you may know, I prefer Carolyn Larrington's version of the Poetic Edda. I've actually not spent much time researching a preferred version of the Prose Edda. I have used Fox's version a few times. But so from Fox's uh, introduction to his own translation, in his words, the present translation has been made as literal as possible, and often the repetitions, elusiveness, abruptness, and apparent illogicality of the Icelandic text have been reproduced. It is hoped that some of Snorri's characteristic irony remains apparent. The style of Icelandic poetry is even more remote from modern taste, and is often extremely artificial and obscure. And the verse and the verses, too, though they have been translated into English prose, have been rendered literally, since in Skaldskapermal, at least, the point of the inclusion of the quotations is to illustrate the use of kennings, which must therefore be translated as closely as possible. It is, however, impossible to do this and at the same time reproduce the verse form. So again, it's, it's not a knock against Anthony Fox's translation that the poetry translation of House Long is really quite bad poetry. It's, it's meant to be literal. Uh, and it has been incredibly helpful for me in my attempt to understand the grammar of Old Norse. So as I went through trying to translate this poem, when we did uh, Thor's Journey Part 1, I found this poem and it was just incredibly hard to read. Um, Sean and I were like, what? How do we make sense of this? You know, And that as I decided I want to try to figure out how this could actually be a poem rather than just um, literal translations of Kennings. So I, a lot of, as I did my translation, I'd look at wiktionary.org to find the literal meanings of individual or, Old Norse words. Um, I don't really understand the grammar at all. But as I would try to find parallels and cognates going from Old Norse to modern English and try to understand what they might have been going for poetically. So I don't speak Old Norse. I have no idea if I got any of this right, but I think I made a nice poem out of it. So, And as I'm you know, noticing the the difficulties that Anthony Fox has in trying to, you know, include poems here, trying to serve many purposes, just as I, that the, you know, Snorra's Edda is a massive work. And I just skimmed through a little bit of it. And I saw some inconsistencies, such as things like where some poems, the Kenning Ailgifun represents Idun. Whereas in this poem, it represents the seeress or the healer Groa. Um, I've read on some other websites that an Ailgifun, so it might just mean that Gifun is the woman or the goddess, and an Ailgifun is any goddess that serves you ale, or maybe that would serve you healing potions. Another one that I just thought was interesting, they showed the kenning for Skadthi was the bowstring Var. So whether Var is a specific goddess or just means the goddess, Skadthi is the, the bowstring Var. In any case, going back to the Snora Edda, I also realized I'd only actually found a portion of Houselong on the website. So there's a second part of Houselong that includes the abduction of Edun on page 86, which I haven't translated, but I might come back to one day. So now I'm going to read Anthony Fox's version of the poem, which is a little hard to read, but see if you can follow along. Also, it can be seen on the circle, that is the shield, O cave fire, that is gold, tree, that is man. So golden man, or yes, cave fire tree, golden man. How the terror of giants, that is Thor, made a visit to the mound of Griotun. The son of Lord, or the son of God, drove the game of iron, that is the battle, and the moon's way, the sky, thundered beneath him. Wrath swelled in Meli's brother, 
that is Thor. All the hawks' sanctuaries, that is the sky, found themselves burning because of Uller's stepfather. And the ground all low was battered with hail when the goats drew the temple power, that is Thor, of the easy chariot forward to the encounter with Hrungnir. Svolnir's widow, that is the earth, practically split apart. An interesting thing here is I read so that Svolnir might be another name for Odin. So Svolnir's widow, wait, Odin's not dead. But maybe the word could also be translated to Svolnir's woman. So Odin's woman is the earth, Thor's mother. But also maybe when they say Svolnir's widow, that emphasizes the fact that, that Odin is dead to her because it's her ex. Uh, he's currently with uh, Frigg. So I like that detail. Baldur's brother, that is Thor, did not spare there the greedy enemy of men, that is Hrungnir. Mountains shook and rocks smashed, heaven above burned. I have heard that the watcher, that is Hrungnir, of the dark bone, that is rocks, of the land, that is the sea, of Haki's carriages, that is ships, moved violently in opposition when he saw his warlike slayer. So to try to break that down, the watcher of the dark bone of the land of Haki's carriages means that Hrungnir of the dark bone might mean the the, the watcher of the dark bone might be the, the rock giant. And it's the the giant of the land of Haki's carriages, which is the land of ships, which is the sea. Okay. Swiftly flew the pale ice ring, that is the shield, beneath the soles of the rock garter, that is the giant. The bonds, that is the gods, caused this. The ladies of the fray, that is the Valkyries, wished it. The rock gentlemen did not have to wait long after that for a swift blow from the tough, multitude-smashing friend, that is Thor, of hammer-faced troll, that is Mjolnir. The life-spoiler of Belly's bale troops, that is the giants, made the bear, that is the giant, of the noisy storm's secret refuge, fall, that is the mountain fastnesses, um, the storm's secret refuge fell on the shield islet. There sank down the gully land, that is the mountain, the, the gully land prince, that is the giant, before the tough hammer and the rock dane breaker, that is Thor, forced back the mighty defiant one, and the hard fragment of the whetstone of the visitor of the woman of Vignir's people, um, the giant's visit, Vignir's woman, I think, uh, whizzed at the ground's sun, so that's Earth's sun, that's Thor's mom. Is the earth, so Thor, uh, into his brain ridge, so that the steel pumice, that is the whetstone, still stuck in Odin boy's skull, stood there spattered with Endridi's blood, that is, his own blood, until Ailgifun, that is Groa, began to enchant the red boaster of being Rust's bale, that is, the whetstone, from the inclined slopes of the wound-giving god's hair. Clearly, I see these deeds on Getir's fence, the shield. And, and as I was looking at some of the, you know, the updates in uh, modern translations, that Getir is probably goat. So I can clearly see these deeds on the goat fence, which means the shield. But that Thor is the lord of goats. That means the the goat fence is uh, the Thor's shield. I received the border's moving cliff. That is the shield decorated with horrors from Thjordleif. And that Thjordleif means uh, praise Thor, but it's likely a, a place, a location. 
So in the following section, I break down my process of translating stanzas three, five, and six from Old Norse to modern English with a style that tries to capture what I perceive, perceive as the abrupt changes of ideas in Old Norse. There's a frequent use of alliteration and a style of grammar that I can only describe as run-on sentences with compound sentences within compound sentences. Um, to give you an example of what I mean there, if I translated one stanza section, just one section from the stanza literally, word by word, it would read, Baldur's brother dealt with reverently. Rock, the greedy, there in that place, enemy, shaked, salvation, burst, burned the high heavens, men. To read that in Old Norse would be, Thir mid balders of Barmi, berg, sognum thar dolgi, hristusk bjorg ok brustu, bran uphimin mana. So one way to take that, how these... Um, the words don't go in order like English. One way I could try to translate this to poetry is Baldur's brother dealt with the rocks shook. He dealt with in that place, the greedy enemy of the heavens burned the greedy enemy of men. So in any case, I tried not to make it that complicated, but here is stanza three. Again, as Fox translates it, Baldur's brother did not spare there the greedy enemy of men. Mountains shook and rocks smashed. Heaven above burned. I have heard that the watcher of the dark bone of the land of Hecky's carriages moved violently in opposition when he saw his warlike slayer. So here I kind of do a little bit line by line the Old Norse and how I try to find some words that, at least in some cases, sound a bit like the, uh, the words used in Old Norse. Thirmid Balders of Barmi, Berg, Sognum Thar Dolgi, Mana. Balders' brother deposed the greedy enemy of men, and then Hristuk Bjorg Okbrustu Bran Uphimin. The mountains shook, rocks burst, the heavens burned. So Bjorg Okbrustu Bran Uphimin literally is Berg's burst. Burned the heavens. Continuing. Mjok fra ek moti rokva. Mjok bains haka reinar. I heard that the dark bone striker nearly recoiled. So moti rokva mjok bains haka is literally the meeting recoiled the dark bone striker. Continuing. Tha er Vigligan Vogna, Vat Sinbana Thati, when he saw the warlike visage of his killer, the wagon swerved. So, Vigligan Vogna Vat translates literally to visage, the wagon swerved. Now, stanza three repeated altogether. Baldur's brother deposed the greedy enemy of men, the mountains shook. The rocks burst, the heavens burned. I heard that the dark bone striker nearly recoiled when he saw the warlike visage of his killer. The wagon swerved. I like to include those parts just because that's how it's written in the Old Norse, and it makes it feel like there's an action movie going on, or uh, some kind of scene like that. I hope that's maybe what the Skaldic poets were, uh, were going for when they wrote it.
Stanza five. So Fox translates. The life spoiler of Belly's bale troops made bare of the noisy storm's secret refuge fall on the shield islet. There sank down the gully land prince before the tough hammer and the rock dane breaker forced back the mighty defiant one. So again, to go a little bit line by line, Fjorspiller let falla. The life spoiler was felled. Fjalfers olagra gjalfra. Bolverdugar belia. Bolma randar homely. The bale troops bellowed from the abyss below, a shield-shaped island made for a dreadful dueling ring. So, Bolverdugar Belia Bolma is literally the evil-causing troops bellowed misfortune, or the bale troops bellowed. And then Rondar Holmi is the round island, or maybe the round home. Um, so this can be taken as a shield-rim island, or Holmi has been translated as dueling ring. Uh, and so then to take the words from the two different lines, Bulma and Homely would be a dueling ring of bale or misfortune, a dreadful dueling ring that the old Norse really liked the alliteration. I like to put an extra alliteration wherever I can. That's also just a uh, personal style of poetry I like, but continuing. Thar ne grundar gilia. There he kneeled down, beguiled to the battleground. Gram fi rear, scorpum hamri, before the hard hammer. Enberg dana bagthi, the burg of Danes battered. Briotir vith jormun throti, brought the rock breaker to a great end. Now stands a five together all at once. The life spoiler was felled, the bale troops bellowed from the abyss below, a shield-shaped island made for a dreadful dueling ring. There he kneeled down, beguiled to the battleground, before the hard hammer, the burg of Danes battered, brought the rockbreaker to a great end. Now stanza six, as translated by Fox. And the hard fragment of whetstone of the visitor of the woman of Vignir's people whizzed at the ground's sun into his brain ridge, so that the steel pumice still stuck in Odin boy's skull, stood there spattered with Andridi's blood. So, from Old Norse, Oak hardthbrotin heard you, and the hardbreaker harmed. Heim thingudthar vignis, Vignir's fated home council, which might mean his woman, Hvain i Hjarna Moni, Hein at Grudar Svaini, hit into the heart mound, the hone at ground's sun. So Hjarna Moni has been translated as skull ridge, yet Hjarna can also be translated as heart, and Moni is translated as moon. So what is a heart moon? Um, maybe it's your skull. There runs that question of whether the heart or the brain is the seat of the soul. But in any case, moving forward. Tharsva Edther e Odens Olaus Brurar Hausi So that it could not be loosened from Odin's boy's brain house. So Tharsva Edther e Odens Olaus Brurar Hausi 
is literally there, so that in Odin's unloosened sun house. So there it stuck. It could not be loosened in Odin's sons. And that word Burar is very much like Buri, that Buri was the first son in the mythology. Um, so in Odin's son's house, um, which is his head. And so here I reuse that concept of brain ridge and take the word or the phrase Burar housey, which literally means son's house, but I like the phrase brain house. Stala vikir of stokin, stodth eindridtha blodthi. The stone stayed stuck, stood the lone driver sprinkled with blood, so that Andridi's blood is Thor's blood, but Andridi means the lone driver, which I like that phrase. So again, stanza six repeated altogether. And the heartbreaker harmed Vignir's fated home council. The whetstone whizzed. The hone hit into the heart of Earth Boy's brain mount, so that it could not be loosened from Odin's son's brain house. The stone stayed firm within. The lone driver stood, sprinkled with blood. So I hope it's been enjoyable to deep dive into my efforts at translating Old Norse poetry. I would like to try to do a collaboration between myself and our resident poetry uh, translation expert, Chuck Sebian Lander, and anyone who understands Old Norse better than either of us do. Um, my goal is to create an updated translation of other Old Norse poems in a style that attempts to capture the feel of Old Norse poetry, but brought into modern English. So if you or someone you know is an actual Old Norse language expert, please contact Sean or myself on Twitter or Instagram if you'd like to participate in this. Um, similarly, if you speak modern Icelandic and you think you could help, help me gain any insights into the grammar of Old Norse poetry, I'd welcome you to join us on an episode of Between Two Ravens um, that I really don't understand Old Norse. I particularly don't understand the grammar, but I like, as I take the words, really seeing how sometimes there's these cognates you know, words that look almost exactly the same to modern English, that to me, that would be the best way to translate the poem as much as you can keep it uh, fitting to the original sources and then trying to somehow make it flow. So it sounds like a real poem. Um, another skaldic poem that I'm interested in breaking down at some point is Elif Gundarsson's uh, Thor's Drapa, which captures Thor's journey to Garrod's court and that drama that Thor has with uh, Garrod's daughters. Thank you. Oh, and one last thing. If, uh, you listened to Thor's Journey Part 2, and my microphone sounded really messed up, and it was too painful to listen to. I want to go back and edit it, amplify my audio. So um, if you didn't listen to it the whole time, the whole way the first time, or it was a little too awful to listen to, um, go give it a try again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Between Two Ravens. If you've been enjoying our show, please write a five-star review on iTunes to help spread our podcast to a wider audience. See the show notes below for links to follow us on social media. Our podcast is part of the Walled Garden Podcast Network. The Walled Garden Philosophical Society is committed to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever it might be found. Visit thewalledgarden.com to learn more.